0: Welcome to C3 Church, Queens Beach. We believe Jesus Christ gives life to the full and we are called to live it and share it. We pray you enjoyed this message today. We're going to finish our uh, series. I want to get into it. Uh, On the foundations of an effective and an effectual Christian life. And we're reading from Hebrews 6 verses 1 to 3 and we're completing a four-week series, five-week series, which was originally only going to be one week. So God's speaking to us much more. Hebrews 6, 1 to 3. Therefore, let us move beyond the elementary teachings about Christ, and let's be taken forward to maturity. maturity. Let's not lay again the foundation of, and he's about to list six foundations, and if we're going to lead that effective, effectual, christian life which is a blessing to the world but also uh, enjoyable and fulfilling for us we want to look at each of these foundations and as we draw the service to a close at the end we're going to have a time of reflection uh because for any one of those six i'm not quite sure how your foundations are you know two of those might be pretty good but there might be one that we want to open up to god again and get him to strengthen us what are these foundations a repentance from acts that lead to death Are we leading a life that is of our own choosing uh, and and the ungodly acts that sometimes fill that? Are we turning to God? Our faith in God, in circumstances and challenge, does God remain our source? Does God remain our wisdom? Is is there an assurity there that God will provide and see us through and walk through uh, us in every situation? Instruction about cleansing rites, water baptism, baptism in the Holy Spirit, the laying on of hands. There's something about prayer and when God uses and anoints someone and there's something about just touching somebody as you pray, there's some sort of an impartation that goes on. That's why sometimes after church you'll see people sitting here and people praying and people just got their hands rested on them or sometimes when we have an altar call, you know, the minister will pray and lay hands on. There's something about it, there's some spiritual dynamic that the the, uh, the writer of Hebrews, here says, is something foundational. That's why we do it. God somehow ministers through that. And then we come to the prophetic future ones, the scary ones, the resurrection of the dead and eternal judgment. And we're up to eternal judgment today. Uh, and those last two, resurrection of the dead and eternal judgment, are, are quite different to the other four. They're something, they're future events. They're prophetic. And if, I'm, if, if I ask you... When I say the word eternal judgment, what's your emotional response in your heart straight away? Yeah, she did, do the face, Narelle. Yeah, she went like this. Yeah. Isn't that our initial response? That there's an anxiety and a, a fear. There's an there's a uncertainty about how we're going to pass through what's called eternal judgment. It's a, there's a fear response. And I don't blame you. I've got the same. But if I want to do something today, it's to shift our attitude in that regard. Because Jesus is with us. Jesus has gone before us. Jesus blesses us and makes a way. He blesses us now. Why won't he bless us on the day of judgment, eternal judgment? So I want to shift us uh, in our attitude because we can't really change the mechanics of the operational procedure of what's going to happen at the eternal judgment. That is set. But our attitude towards it as we live our life, we can shift. Um, What sort of words do we read? Uh, There's a lake of fire. There's damnation, there's uh, pestilence, there's a good old-fashioned word, there's pestilence and famine and war, and probably the worst word is final. Don't you hate that word? There's, it's final judgment, and and, and it's eternal. Right? So sometimes what we do is rather than think about it and, and look into it and, and and make it a foundation, you know, it's a foundation for our Christian world, we tend to park it over there, into the future somewhere, and we'll worry about it when we get there. You know? And when you look in the book of Revelation and you look at some of these end-time prophecies, it's sometimes it's a bit obscure. There's a lot of conjecture as to what's going to happen and when it's going to happen and, and how it's going to happen. And often a lot of that is left up to God. It's in God's heart and it isn't necessarily revealed to us. But again, we, so we sort of go, well, we don't know what's going on. We'll park it over there. And our attitude can be one of, well, let's just take care of the here and now. You know, if I do my praying, if I do my worshipping, if I read my Bible, if I love people around me, if I serve in the church, then I'm doing the good things and that'll probably take care of what's going to happen at the eternal judgment. But God doesn't want that for us. This is called a foundation. And if it's a foundation, eternal judgment and resurrection of the dead, and if it's, if it's something which is anxious for you and fearful for you, then it can't be a foundation What's a foundation supposed to do? A foundation is supposed to give you strength and supposed to give you courage. And so we want to be Christians that have a complete set of foundations who have examined, who have looked at what's happening at the eternal judgment and we draw confidence from it. What is God? God is love. His perfect love casts out all fear. That applies to us and how we anticipate and and look to the eternal judgment. Peter writes this, Therefore, 1 Peter 1, 13, Therefore, with minds that are alert and fully sober, we're, we're, this is, we're being alert and we're being fully sober, and with Holy Spirit as our guide, we look with confidence, set your hope on the grace that will be brought to you when Jesus Christ is revealed at his coming, at his second coming. And along with that second coming comes the resurrection of the dead and eternal judgment. What's Peter encouraging us to do? Don't run away from it. Don't put it in a box somewhere and worry about it later thinking it will take care of itself. Because I think for many Christians trying to live a victorious life, that's a really big missing piece of the puzzle. When you don't bring your glorious future when you don't bring your heavenly reward into the here and now and God has put it in his word to encourage us for it to be a foundation then we're missing a big piece of the puzzle if we're worrying about wondering about why we're feeling like we're feeling okay we've got our faith going we've got our repentance going we've been water baptized we've got our you know people praying for us and stuff what you know why am i fi- have you got a foundation that you're encouraged you're anticipating and you're eager for the resurrection of the dead and the eternal judgment Um, it's about it's not about you Here's, here's one sort of attitude shift that we can think about it's it's not about you as soon as you make things about you then as i said before things can start to go awry what is the day of eternal judgment about we get to see christ All of creation gets to see Christ in all his glory, gets to see Christ in all his supreme sovereignty, gets to see God, Jesus Christ, in all his majesty. And that's why the Bible says to us, regarding the day of judgment, you are to eagerly await it. Are you eagerly awaiting the day of judgment? As children of Christ, what is going to happen on the day of eternal judgment? Jesus will be seen in all his glory and all his majesty and all his sovereignty. What are we eagerly praying for? Are we eagerly praying for that day? I, to be honest, I'm not. All right? But I think it's required of us. What is the book of Revelation called? It's called the Revelation of Jesus Christ. What's the whole point of creation? What's the whole point of our life at the moment and this world and this creation the whole point is leading up to that day of judgment the whole point is leading up to when jesus christ is revealed in all his glory and all his majesty that's the fulfillment of everything that we read in the bible and if we're going to celebrate all the prophecies that prophesy and foretell of jesus and his first coming And we get excited about those, don't we? We're going to get excited in a couple of weeks about all those prophecies that told us a saviour was going to be born. we got all the prophecies, probably more than that, about his second coming. But we don't tend to get as excited about that. And really, at the end, that's the end game for all of us. For all of creation is leading up to when Jesus Christ will be revealed in all his glory and all his majesty. And we get to be there. Not only that, says Rex. Not only that, but what happens on the day of judgment? Mm -hmm. We get to pass into the new heaven and the new earth because we are guaranteed eternal life. Have you got that settled in your heart? That we have been guaranteed eternal life. Whatever happens at the final judgment, we'll have a look at it in a sec, whatever the operational procedure is, we pass it. Because Jesus Christ has gone before us. Because his sacrifice has taken care and wiped away our sin. He who knew no sin became sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of Christ. By his one perfect sacrifice, he has made holy forever. Sorry, perfect forever. He has made perfect forever those who are being made holy. You will pass the judgment. Now don't get cocky about it, get confident about it, there's a slight difference there and guard your heart on this, but I feel like you know we want to shift our attitude so we're not just thinking negatively and fearfully about it, there's an aspect of that, because every time we read in the Bible when Jesus is revealed in all his glory, what do people do? They fall down, they hide and what does Jesus and the angels, sometimes it's the angels normally say, do not be afraid get up so there is going to be some aspect of being fearful there is going to be some aspect of disappointment there is going to be some aspect of regret because when it's all laid out we are going to fall short of the mark we're going to fall short of all that we could have done to be more faithful to the cause that's a reality but what happens after that Jesus lifts us up Jesus blesses us and says receive your eternal life that i won for you on the cross what's going to be our takeaway overall experience on the day of judgment there's going to be some disappointment there's going to be some regret but i believe overall it's going to be one of love it's going to be one of mercy it's going to be one of joy because what happens on the day of judgment that's our doorway that's our pathway into the new heaven and the new earth that God is going to bring where the lion will lie down with the lamb who wants to just go up and hug a lion yeah who wants to go swim with the otters yeah who wants to ride a killer whale yeah I don't know <laughs> I'm just romancing a bit all right but what the promise is is that the new heaven and the new earth is going to be amazingly better than what this place is no sickness no death and God is with his people and so the day of eternal judgment is is just a day i don't know how long it will take that's up to god All right. and what do we do we pass through that into the new heaven and the new earth are you praying for and praying into and anticipating and being eager to see jesus christ lifted up and then god's wonderful redemptive plan come into play if we shift our prayer, if we shift our heart, if we shift our focus on what's going to happen to us and on to Jesus Christ being revealed and God's joy at the new heaven and the new earth coming, then all of a sudden, that day of that time of eternal judgment takes a, a different, different spin. Let me read this to you from John 5, 24. I, and, 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 and put this as a surety in your heart. I speak to you in eternal truth, If you embrace my message and believe in the one who sent me, you will never face condemnation. For in me, you have already passed from the realm of death into the realm of eternal life. When you front up on the day of judgment, wouldn't that be a great declaration to have already had in your heart? In our prayer life, John 5, 24. I speak an eternal truth. I embrace your message, Jesus Christ. I believe in you. I believe in the one who sent you. And I will never face condemnation. For in you, Jesus, you have passed me from the realm of death into the realm of eternal life. Do you feel your spirit? I feel my spirit, my heart come alive just saying that. It's meant to be a foundation. Our anticipation and our eagerness of eternal judgment is to give us strength And to give us courage and if we place jesus at the center of our thoughts then what does it say you have already passed from the realm of death into the realm of eternal life we know a lady who passed away i don't know if it's a true story but knowing the lady it might be but it's it's great encouragement as well um phyllis smith is it phyllis smith the lady we don't know okay apparently it's Phyllis Stevens, thank you. Uh, apparently, the story goes, um, she, she was old. She was a very um, prayerful older lady. She went to the doctor. She got some bad news that she was, you know, only had a few weeks or months to live. And her response was, hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you. Open up those gates because I'm coming home. I wish I could say that better. But what a great front foot attitude. What a great front foot attitude to what God has planned and God has in store for us. And if God's got anything planned or in store for us, we know it's going to be good. We know it's going to be a blessing. We know it's going to be fruitful. We know it's going to be fulfilling. So what does it look like when we look into the Bible and go, well, what actually happens on the day of judgment? So we're going to go forward to Revelation chapter 20. And there seems to be some conjecture as to what happens there. If you read some commentaries, they'll say there's four four different judgments. Some people put all the four into one judgment. Some people put two, you know. It's not quite clear, but there are two aspects, I think, which come through, no matter which angle, which way you look at this. Uh, the first judgment is called the great white throne of judgment, right? That sounds like eternal judgment language doesn't it it sounds like book of revelation the eternal great white throne of judgment okay and it's at this particular throne where it's gone do you have faith in jesus or don't you have you placed your faith have you placed in future your future have you accepted the substitutionary sacrifice of jesus for your sin and there's the judgment if you have then you have already as jesus just said Let me read it again. You have already passed from the realm of death into the realm of eternal life. What happens? Revelation 20. Then I saw a great white throne and him who was seated on it. The earth and the heavens fled from his presence and there was no place for them. So again, we don't want to get cocky about it. You know, we want to remain reverent. We want to remain awe filled and we want to remember who we are. In relation to god and i saw the dead great and small standing before the throne and books were opened so here on my left all these books are open another book was opened which is the book of life so we have a left side and a right side maybe books are being opened and then there's one book over here the book of life and the dead were judged that's you and me According to what they had done as recorded in the books. Uh oh. Every word ever spoken. Meryl to your face again. Every word ever spoken. There they go. All right. Uh, every thought. Everything you wished you hadn't done. Everything you wish you had done. All the good things you did as well. You know, what do we tend to do? And this is the, you know, sin nature and the devil we tend to go woo and we just think of all the bad things that are written in our books have you got some good things written in your books yeah with a heart that wanted to bring glory to god and with a heart that wanted to see people hearing the gospel did you give in to our beyond program that's going to be written in the book the books You know, I could go on, I'll go on in a a minute, I've got a little list there. But we look at the books and go, everything good and everything not so good, done. But I do know this, there's going to be at least something bad over there in the books of life. And God's pass mark is 100%. Yeah, okay. Pureness, holiness, righteousness. And if there's one thing, if there's a bad thought over there in my books... I'm not going to pass i won't be good enough to be in god's presence so the dead were judged according to what they had done as recorded in the books then the sea gave up the dead that were in it and death and hades gave up the dead that were in them and each person was judged according to what they had done then death and hades were thrown into the lake of fire what happens on judgment day Death is thrown into the fire. Hades and hell is thrown into the fire. We are sweeping the floor and getting rid of everything that is not of God and evil. Is that a good thing to be anticipating? Lord, bring on the day of judgment. The lake of fire is the second death. And anyone whose name was not found written in the book of life was thrown into the lake of fire. I like putting it more positively. And if your name was found in the book of life, then come on in. Receive your reward. Receive eternal life and the new heaven and the new earth that is yours. Why? Because you have believed on my son, Jesus Christ. You have believed that by his sacrifice, he has made perfect forever those who place their faith in him. You cannot earn your eternal life. There is nothing you can do, no list that you can complete that will make you good enough to pass that judgment before the great white throne. What is the great white throne of judgment based upon? Is your name written in the book of life? When Jesus sent his apostles out to heal and to pray, they came back and they went, This is awesome. We prayed and people were healed. This is awesome. We prayed for miracles and miracles happened. And Jesus just shuts them and says, that's really great. But if you're going to rejoice in anything, rejoice that your name is written in the book of life. What's the most decisive moment in, what is going to be the most decisive moment in your life? That day before the great white throne of judgment. And thank God that Jesus has gone before us. We are going to appear at the judgment, but who else is going to be there? Jesus is going to be there. And his love for you as expressed on the cross is going to save us from that lake of fire and bring us into that place of eternal life. Bring on the day of judgment. Bring it on, God. That God wants us to pray for it. When will the end come? The end will come when the gospel has been preached in every tribe, in every nation, and in every tongue. And then the end will come, it says, Are we praying for the end to come? I love this world. I love the way it is. But I know it's not God's perfect plan. If I can align my heart and my spirit up with God's perfect plan, then I'm praying and anticipating for the day of judgment. It's a free gift. Romans 6.23 For the free gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ our Lord. Jesus himself says this, everyone who believes in me will have eternal life this is john 3 this is jesus speaking for god so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but shall have eternal life how's your name written in the book of life we believe on the name of jesus for god did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but to save the world through him When you think eternal judgment, do you think condemnation? It's a part of it. If you hear the word eternal judgment, do you think fear and anxiety? Is there any part of you that goes eternal life? Is there any part of you that goes saviour? Is there any part of you that goes free gift? Is there any part of you that goes bring it on? The fulfilment of everything that God has planned and God has purposed. There seems to be another judgment going on. It's called the judgment seat of Christ. In 2 Corinthians 5, some people make this, some commentators will say it's the same. It's happening at the same time as the other one. But there's a different little aspect, a different little facet to it. For we must all, 2 Corinthians 5 verse 10, we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each of us may receive what is due us for the things done while in the body where the good or bad don't forget we're written in the book of life so we've got the eternal life but there seems to be an accounting for the degree to which we engaged with the mission of christ whilst in this body don't forget we're getting a new body another body some people will be happy about that 1 corinthians 3 paul puts it this way verse 11 for no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid which is jesus christ If there's anything that we are going to rely upon, it's that Jesus Christ has already laid the foundation, his broken life, his broken body, for our eternal life. If anyone builds on this foundation using gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay or straw, their work will be shown for what it is, because the day, capital D, is that right? The day, judgment day, will bring it to light. It will be revealed with fire and the fire will test the quality of each person's work. And if what has been built survives, the builder will receive a reward. If it is burned up, the builder will suffer loss, but yet will be saved, even though only as one escaping through the flames. So as we build our life, when it comes to judgment day, what are we going to see? Some of our works will be gold like some of our works will be silver and costly stones some of our works will be like wood hay and straw and when the fire is applied which ones are going to disappear the wood the hay and the straw sometimes a lot of what we are doing is not going to be considered by god to be anything worthy of any reward but some of the things we do will be like gold will be like costly stones. will be like silver, precious before the heart of God. How do we work out which one's which? I think there's three things. What's our motive? If our motive for doing things is to bring glory to God, I believe that's going to be over in those costly silver gold. If we're doing something because we want to be recognised, if we're doing something out of habit, if we're doing something and we're doing it with a bad attitude, mm mm-hmm, then I think it's going to be burned up on the day. But there are some things we are doing which will be like cost. Is our motive to bring glory to God? Is our motive to bring people closer to God? Is our motive obedience before God? Is our motive that we are inspired by the Holy Spirit and we are following that leading? Because those three things are really good filters to put through. So if we are giving into our Beyond program, and whatever that may be, that's going to be over in that costly silver gold because we are doing it for the glory of God. We are doing it for the sake of the gospel, for our Connect Group leaders that open their homes every fortnight. Why? So that people can come, people can be prayed, people can be encouraged. I believe that's going to be there in the gold silver and costly stone thing when God wakes you up in the middle of the night and prompts you to pray for someone and instead of falling back to sleep you have enough confidence to know that's God prompting me to pray and you pray when you witness to someone at work when you ask someone can I pray for you when you're out of your comfort zone these things are going to be there on the day of judgment and they will not be burned up because what we're doing is a motive that comes from the glory of, or for the glory of God. And again, we've got to make sure we're not tipping over into works. Yeah, if we're ticking, oh, I'm going to do this because on the day of judgment, it's going to be, as soon as you start to think like that, it's probably not, you know. And good luck with that. I'm going to leave you with that, with, <laughs> with the Holy Spirit. And we'll muddle our way through together. You know where I'm coming from. My issue is this. We tend to be too down on ourselves and when we're too down on ourselves particularly when it comes to the issue of eternal judgment then we cower away from god we hide from god we push what he's got planned to the side and i don't think we necessarily celebrate what jesus has done in our life we don't necessarily celebrate our obedience to what the holy spirit has prompted us to do and i think that's the work of the devil meant to rob you of your strength and rob you of your courage and rob you of your foundation this isn't scriptural but this is a nice summary of uh, what we've been talking about what about the last judgment the failures and shortcomings of believers will enter into the picture on the day of judgment but and this is the important point the sins and shortcomings of believers will be revealed in the judgment as forgiven sins. Whose guilt has been totally covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. What does the blood of Jesus Christ do? It's a covenant with God. He will forgive us and he will forget our sins. Picture it like this. God has a file on every person. All you've ever done or said is recorded there with a grade from A to F. The books, the many books. And when you stand before the judgment seat of Christ to be judged for what you have done in the body, whether good or evil, God will open the file and lay out the tests with their grades. He will pull out all the F's and put them in a pile. Then he will take out all the D's and the C's and pull out the good parts of the D's and C's and put the rest of the test in a pile with the F's. Then he will, put out, oh, then he will take all the B's and the A's pull all the bad parts out of them, put them in the F pile, take all the good parts and put them in the A pile. The acts that are silver, gold and costly stones. And then he's going to open another file, the book of life. And he's going to find your name because you are in Christ through faith. And behind your name will be a wood stick match made from the cross of Jesus. It's not scriptural, remember, okay? There's no match in this. I don't think there's a match up there. Behind your name will be a wood stick match made from the cross of Jesus and he will take that match and he'll set the F pile with all your failures and deficiencies on fire and burn them up. What a great day, the day of judgment when all your mistakes are burned up. Listen to this. They will not condemn you. They will not reward you. But they will not condemn you. And then he will take from your Book of Life file a sealed envelope marked free and gracious bonus eternal life. And he'll put it on the A pile. Then he will hold up the entire pile and declare, by this your life bears witness to the grace of my Father, to the worth of my blood and the fruit of my Spirit. These bear witness that your life is eternal and according to these, You will have your rewards. So now enter into the everlasting joy of your master. Now enter, Ben cut the band, enter into the everlasting joy of your master. At the most decisive moment in your life, who is there with you alongside you? Jesus. And what is he declaring? He's declaring his victory over your life. And he's declaring his victory and his fruitfulness through your life that you lived whilst here. Hebrews nine twenty seven to 28 says this. Just as people are destined to die once and then to face judgment, so also Christ, I've added the word also, so also Christ was sacrificed once to take away the sins of many, and he will appear a second time, not to bear sin, but to bring salvation to those who are waiting for him. What, do those, what does that, those verses tell me? Every decisive moment in my life, in this morning death and judgment, Jesus Christ has a corresponding set of moments as well. He knows I had to die, we have to die, and so he came to die as well why that he could bear my sin that he could then be raised from the dead to show his victory over death and then to make a way for us into eternal life he came once to bear our sin but he knows we now face judgment and so he comes again this time not to bear sin but this time to save us from the effects of eternal judgment as he applies his blood as we invite him to apply his blood and his sacrifice over our life. His experiences are corresponding, but they're not the same. What do they show? That we are utterly dependent on him at every point of our life. When it comes to the day of judgment and we are utterly dependent on him, is he going to let us down? No. What's his promise? Eternal life. What's his promise? A new heaven, a new earth. What's his promise? If you have placed your faith in me, you will not be condemned. You have already passed from death to life. We're the weak, desperate ones, but he is the strong, saving one. We have to walk through death. We have to walk through judgment. But our experience is going to be radically different because Jesus has gone before us face death defeated death brings judgment which is just but judgment which is filled with mercy judgment that is filled with love and judgment that is filled with at the end come come and join me in my eternal life for you